Let's fire it up. Hello, everybody. Shannon Sharp on the west side. Look very handsome, Shannon. I like this fit. I really like it. The blues popping, bringing the energy early. Uh, How are you guys feeling? Fantastic. Jeff Saturday's in the building. Chris Canty. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Feeling let's, good. Let's get right into it. I think you look great, too. Man. I appreciate just, that. Guy. She didn't say anything. No, no. I, I guys, you fantastic. I thought, yeah. guys, I thought you put the fit together extremely well. Can, Thank you. Can let's I, go. Can, no, can I be 100% honest with you? I didn't even really look at your – I wanted to make sure we had Shannon. I was nervous. And then I'm staring at Shannon. So I didn't even give you both oh. a chance. Very in season. Yeah, like it, like the tweed. It's yeah. working, casual. Yeah. The nice working. cashmere underneath, and I and I love the gray shirt. Yeah, class. The gray shirt's Thank great. You. It's also clean. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, the blue eyes are sparkling. Thank you. I mean, uh, are, are we ready to do this yeah, now? We're ready. <laughs> it's almost like Stephen A is actually here. That's what they told it me to do. Almost, I did good. It is almost. I'm like a better version of Stephen A. You literally, you literally are right now. My goodness. All right, guys, let's roll here. So the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions again, going back to back with an OT win over the Niners. So now what's next for Patrick Mahomes and company? How about a three-peat? Now we're talking history. Legendary. I mean, just um, to be able to, no one's ever done it. And uh, we knew it's legendary to win back to back. I think eight other teams have done it. Um, We had heard it all week. We had talked to the guys about it. And we felt like we had the the best opportunity that we had ever had to to go out there and do that. And I fell short the year before. And so, I mean, all you could do is come back next year with a fresh mindset, knowing it's going to be even harder. Um, And uh, we got to continue to play our best football. Uh, We'll celebrate these next few weeks, and then we'll get right back at it. Oh, it's never too early to think about next football season. And at ESPN Bet, the odds are out. All right, let's talk about it, folks. So the Niners are favorites to win. That's interesting to me. The (laughs) Niners are favorites to win it all. Sorry, I'm looking at this in real time. Just ahead of the Chiefs and Ravens, the Bills, Lions, and Bengals are next. And none of those have ever won a Super Bowl. Okay, Shannon. So, um, Shannon Sharp, it's been a fantastic yeah. season with you, but welcome to First Take. And here we do things like this on First Take, so don't get <laughs> mad at me. Uh, who are you picking to win the Super Bowl next season? Would you go the Chiefs or the field? Um, the thing is, is, I know you seem surprised, Molly, that the 49ers, considering they had just lost to the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are coming back at least with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and uh, Andy Reid at yeah. the bare minimum. And so for them to win the Super Bowl, and now all of a sudden they're, they're uh, the second favorite to win the Super Bowl again, is a little surpri- not surprising to me because when we beat Green Bay in 97, they came back as the favorite the following year. But I'm going to take the field because no one has ever three-peated because it's so hard because of injuries. You remember, you play so much longer than everybody else. And football is already, guys, you know, Canty, you was on the Super Bowl team. Saturday, you was on one. To be special, I remember we went back-to-back in 97, 98. And Mike told us coming into the 98 season, if you want to be special, you got to repeat. He said there have been a lot of teams that's won one in a row. But to be special and be remembered forever, you have to do two. Man, if you do three... I don't even know what to say. I don't even, you gotta put, uh, Patrick Mahomes on the farthest planet ever because he would definitely set himself apart. It's just so hard. The 49ers got the closest. If y'all guys remember, they lost the NFC Championship game to the Giants in 1990. 
After that, no one else has really even been close. And so I'm going to take the field just based on history. It's hard, really extremely hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes because we know what he's capable of, but there's too many factors. What if they don't sign Chris Jones back? Legereus Sneed is a free agent. There's just so many variables. I do believe they'll upgrade their receiving core, but I just got to take the field. This is just too risky for me to take one team over the other 31. I'm going to let y'all know my bet's already in. And I'm, and <laughs> okay, I'm, let's I, go. I, I parlayed it with them Chiefs, baby. I ain't betting against you, Patrick Mahomes. I just took all the win it, push it all forward, baby. Let's go for that third one. Let's have some real celebrations. You know what I mean? So, no, I, I understand what you're saying about how difficult it is. I will say this, though. When you look at the way this team is, is built and the way they've succeeded, this past year they were 15th in offense. 15th. No one would think of Patrick Mahomes. 15th in offense. They have the youngest defense in the NFL. The past two years, they've won it at 25. They are staying young. I, I believe they will re-sign Chris Jones. I think they take care of Snead. I think they restructure Patrick Mahomes to get some of that money. And to your point, I think they answer some issues with maybe some tackles or even adding another receiver. I think they think Rice is going to step forward and be their one to compliment, uh, to compliment uh, Travis Kelsey. But I think they're going to look for that. And and let's not forget, this became a very physical, running, Pacheco-led type offense. That travels when you have a defense that way. This was the, to me, this was the toughest thing, the toughest championship for them to win. And by winning it this year, I think they set themselves up next year because of the position they're in with the cap and with the availability. And make no mistake, if it wasn't Patrick Mahomes, I wouldn't bet on 3 P. But, man, they the last two Super Bowls, they were underdogs. Yeah. The last two, the Eagles and the 49ers, and somehow found ways to win. This, the gauntlet they just went through, beating San Fran, beating Baltimore, beating on the road, Buffalo on the road, it was a true gauntlet. And these they beat the one seed, the two seed, the one seed. I mean, that is legit football. And uh, I just, I mean, man, they, I, I, that's why I put it in. I, let's, let's roll and see what happens. Yeah, Jeff, I'm with you. It's Andy Reid. It's Pat Mahomes. I'm going to go ahead and rope in Travis Kelsey and yes. Taylor Swift until otherwise notified because <laughs> they that good. And, Unc, you're talking about the history of it with the field and teams being able to get back to the Super Bowl for a third straight time. There have been eight back-to-back winners. None of them have gotten back to the big game for a third consecutive time. So I, I understand that, but we're watching history when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. We are watching history. There has been no one in the history of the game that has had this kind of start to their first seven seasons in yep. the NFL, first six years as the full-time starter. This dude got three three Super Bowl MVPs, three Super Bowl titles, and two regular season MVPs. For goodness sakes, he starts the season in the conference championship game. Yeah. That, and, I mean, make, it, and, yeah. Make, and make no mistake now, their defense – Won them the Super Bowl this year. Like their sure. defense, or got them, not went, but got them. Yeah. They, their defense is what after December. And it's the youngest but, defense in the NFL. Absolutely. So they're and not boys, going hey, they were real. They were that, real. That's where I was going, though, Joe. Oh, yeah. Like that's why I have full confidence that they're going to be back in this spot. Yes. Because this defense is only going to continue Woo. to win. Like, the, well, listen, the, the two the Chris, things that could set him back is Spagnola. If, if some, for some reason he went somewhere, which he ain't going nowhere, ain't going nowhere. that would be an issue because he is the Pippin of yeah. the Jordan. Let's be real. Yeah. That dude puts it together. Yeah. That would be an issue in the Chris Jones, to, to Shannon's point, not having him would be mad. Yeah, Chris Jones, well, we got to make sure we take care of him. Legereus Need, Will Franchise yeah. Tag, and figure that thing out from there. But here's the thing. Why would we not have any confidence that this Chiefs organization would be able to figure out That's if right. players did defect, if they do have to move on from guys? They had to move on from Tyreek Hill, the most explosive player in the NFL, 
And all they've done is win two championships Ooh. since then. Good. And a oh. part of the Tyreek Hill trade was all-pro quarterback Trent McDuffie. A part of the Tyreek Hill trade was their number one wide receiver in Rayshie Rice. So we've seen – and they still got a fifth-round draft pick yeah. this year yeah, this from year. that trade. So all I'm simply saying is the Kansas City Chiefs have earned our confidence. And the defense is a reason why we should be bullish on them. They didn't allow one team this season to score more than 27 points. Good heavens. The last team to hold a hold to all the teams, all the teams on their schedule under 28 points, they all win the Super Bowl. So that's how good the Kansas City Chiefs defense is. Well, if you guarantee me they're going to sign, I understand they're the youngest defensive team uh, 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 in the NFL. Chris Jones is 29, I think. Legereus Sneed is like 25, 26. Now, if you tell me if they're bringing both of those guys back, and you and I both believe that they're going to upgrade the wide receiver position. Mike Evans is a free agent. Calvin Ridley is a free agent. Uh, D. Higgins, uh, T. Higgins is a free agent. Now, if you tell me there's a possibility they can, they're going to upgrade, I believe they're going to upgrade. That's the only thing that I'm absolutely for certain of. They're going to upgrade that position. Now, if you tell me they're going to re-sign Chris Jones. Now, when you got three Super Bowls, guys, Candy, you know this, Saturday, you know this. You got three Super Bowls. Some team out there, he's the best DT in football. Somebody's yep. about to give him $100 million guaranteed. I don't yep. know if Kansas City is going to be willing to go to that number. Let's just say for the sake of argument, they franchise tag luxurious needs. That's got to be somewhere around $20 million. Yeah. So if you tell me they're going to bring those two guys back, I do redo my thinking because I have the utmost confidence. And like you guys said, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Now you get a true number one receiver and you put pair him alongside Kelsey with Patrick Mahomes. Here's the thing that's most amazing, guys. Patrick Mahomes had his worst statistical season, and they won the Super Bowl. Now, what happens when he gets back to being Patrick Mahomes the previous five years? That's right. That's right. Hey, listen, we saw that like like Chris Jones on the ground after the Super Bowl. He's celebrating. Andy Reid came and jumped on top of him, and they were celebrating. I said this last. I said this earlier this morning. Andy Reid, do that in the facility, and don't let him leave until he signs a contract. Like that is <laughs> that is the dude you don't let. Because here's the thing: you think about uh, the uh, you think about him closing out Buffalo. It was because of Jones and him making that play to alter the the, the for sure touchdown that, that uh, Allen throws short. You think about three touchdowns. Touchdowns that he saved in the Super Bowl. The, the Debo Samuel's wide open ball is bad, yep. right? You think about him coming free, unblocked on the third Virginia. down. And I mean, listen, every time there's a big moment, Chris Jones is the defensive equivalent to what Patrick Mahomes is on offense. He makes the play. He's always around the ball. He's always doing something to affect and make that offense worse. Those type of guys are indispensable. And, and listen, I don't care what anybody – defensive linemen, interior defensive linemen who can do that are worth their weight in gold because he loves to play out on end. Like, he, he'll go out there all day. Yeah. But when that dude goes up and lines inside on that three-tech and still does it and still manufactures the way he does – there just ain't many in the world who can do it like that. I just don't see him you letting him out of the building. Yeah, in terms of versatility for defensive oh. linemen, I, I don't know that outside of Aaron Donald you have a guy that's as versatile as Chris Jones. Exactly. And that's why you don't let him walk out of the building. That's why he has to be the top priority yes. this offseason in terms of locking up. But, I mean, listen, Chris Jones wants to be there. We saw that at the beginning of this year. Contract dispute. Yeah. Still shows up for a team's charity event. He's watching the first game against the Lions in the press box. I think they both recognize 
that it's a mutually beneficial relationship, and they're probably going to keep that thing pushing. Ooh, Absolutely. So. Uh, Candy, thanks for sticking around here with us. I know you just did four hours of TV. We appreciate that you. That dude has been on it today. <laughs> class, class is dismissed for you. You get home safe. Jeff Saturday, Shannon Sharp, obviously you guys sticking around. I want to get into some NBA here. Kendrick Perkins, Brian Windhorst standing by. So the Knicks were on the wrong side of a bad call last night in a tie game. Jalen Brunson called for a foul on Aaron Holiday, which lifted the Rockets to a 105-103 win. Here's Coach Tibbs and Brunson on the call. Tough way to lose a game. You know, tough way to lose a game. What did you think it was? I'm sure you looked at it. Did you think it was a foul? Do you disagree with the call? You look at it. It's on that last play. What Great call. Next question. <laughs> what do you feel about your, your closeout on that play? It was a great call. Next question. All right, Brunson on his Bill Belichick there. I don't blame him. Here's what crew chief Ed Malloy said after the game. After seeing it during postgame review, the offensive player was able to return to a normal playing position on the floor. The contact, which occurred after the release of the ball, therefore is incidental and marginal to the shot attempt and could not have been called. Where are my guys? There they are. Hello, Kendrick Perkins, Brian Winhorst. <laughs> guys! It's officially NBA season. I mean, it's I know it's been NBA, NBA season. season since October, but mm-hmm. now, now it's really NBA season. Uh, and the heavy lifting is up to you two. All right, let's dive right into this. Big Perk, I want to start with you. Were the Knicks robbed? Hell yeah, they was robbed. And, and Molly, look, that was one of the worst calls I've seen in NBA history, even when I was playing. When, when it comes down to it, I watched that entire basketball game. The officials messed up a great basketball game. It was physical. Guys were going at it. The Knicks were down double figures. They came back. They were going toe-to-toe. Dylan Brooks jumped up the game. Him and Jalen Brunson got into it. Dylan Brooks knocking down the tray ball. Jalen Brunson clutch shot to tie the game. And all of a sudden, it comes to this. And I don't want to hear the explanation after the game and the officials admitting that they were wrong. They knew they was wrong when they actually had to go review it and see how much time was on the clock. At the end of the day, this was bad for the game last night. It, 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 was, a, it was one of the worst calls I've seen in NBA history, and they should have let this thing play it out. It was a physical game all game long. How do you call that? Well, it was a bad call. Um, Ed Malloy admitted that he, it should not have been a, a, a foul. And the Knicks, I'm, we don't know. Let's just see what happens if we go to overtime. And, yeah, but the Knicks, that, I, I would feel some type of way. Now, the explanation saying all that, it doesn't make me feel any better in the morning because I still have a, a, a loss. I have an L. I ha- that's what I have. And it's tough. But I, I like the fact because a lot of times, for and Brian, sometimes, I'm not going to say all the time, but a lot of times, even though they know they're wrong, they'll go like, well, it was just, there was contact below the waist and there was this, and then he looked at him wrong, and so we had to throw the foul. Ed Malloy stepped up and said, you know what? I gagged this one. I missed this call. A call, a foul should not have been called, and we should have been going to overtime. Because you can look at the guy, he didn't, he tried to throw it, he like, almost like he was shot putting it, Perk. It was wrong. It was a bad call. Ed Malloy admitted it. It was kind of like the call last year, LeBron in Boston. Everybody knew it was a bad call. There was nothing you could do because everybody saw. Now, I'm not so sure. And the thing is with this one, because it's so far out, you can see it. And now we look at it like, bro, that's not a foul. That's not a foul. But he made it. Hey, Ed Malloy said, you know what? 
hey, it was after the release. It was marginal, incidental. Therefore, a foul shouldn't have been called. But that doesn't make the Knicks or the Knicks fan fans feel any better this morning. Shannon, you have no idea, unfortunately, how right you are comparing <laughs> those two calls. Because as somebody who defends NBA officials, I feel like more than anybody in the media, I have to sit here and report to you that the same referee missed both calls. The mm. same referee. It was not Ed Malloy. Ed Malloy was a crew chief, so he came out yeah. and said it. Unfortunately, it was another referee, Jason Goble, who was, who was on both calls. Um, and I'm also somebody who says that the NBA games are not determined by officiating 99% of the time. I'm, I strive to be an unbiased observer, but I say 99% of the time. This was the 1%. This was an absolutely brutal call. Um, and not only that, but it, it was great defense. Jalen Brunson played great defense there. He forced Aaron Holiday into only using one arm. Exactly. Because he was he, he he did such good he did such good contesting of that shot. He did one arm. Now I'm not uh, adept enough in, in fundamentals of officiating to know whether the official was in the right spot. It was a a strange play, and that it was a blocked shot that came flying out. It was an unusual moment. You just can't blow that whistle there. Just bottom line. And just to be clear to the fans, they did review it, but they weren't reviewing whether it was a foul. They were reviewing whether the foul came in front of the time on the clock. And this comes, and there's no good time to to lose a game like this, but this comes at just a brutal moment for the Knicks because they were already down effectively four starters going into this game. They came in losing three out of the last four. They got a three-game road trip this week before the All-Star break. And then in the fourth quarter, Dante DiVincenzo, who has been carrying them as they've been down all of these players and are integrating these new guys they traded, he looked like he popped his hamstring after playing 41 minutes, probably because he's been playing so many minutes lately. I don't know what he's going to do going forward the rest of this week. I would say it's iffy at best. So the Knicks get absolutely gut-punched. And I know that Tom Thibodeau and Jalen Brunson took the high road after the game because they're both pros when it comes to this. But I will also say that, you, that it says something when they, in the pool report, the referees don't even wait for the last two-minute reports and admit the call was wrong. Yeah. And unfortunately... That's the second time it's happened in the last two years with the same official where the pool report um, admits he was wrong. And, and, and you, know why, you know why this is so bad for the Knicks and unfortunate? Because the Knicks are one of the teams, quiet as kept, that has been going all in somewhat for us being able to contend for a title this year. Right, you look at the trades that they made, getting OG Ananobi. You look at the uh, getting Bodanovich, getting Alex Burks. And when you think about the Eastern Conference, the number two seed is so important because you don't want to face the Boston Celtics into the Conference Finals. Getting that number two seed, and the Knicks are knocking at the door. I think it's about what two games, Wendy, uh, for us the separation between you know about three or four teams in the East right now: the, the Bucks, uh, the Cavs, and, and and the Knicks. For us getting that number two seed, and this game right here that was determined by a wrong call by the officials could hunt them down the line. Yeah, Wendy, to play off what you said. The majority of the time, the lion's share of the time, the officiating is great. 
It's the one time that it's not. It's kind of like in football. It's the one time that somebody, the call is wrong. They, uh, oh, it's scripted. Oh, the fix is in. And I don't believe that with sports. Having played sports, Perk, you played 14 years. I played 14 years. When do you cover the game? But it's the yeah. one time in plays like this where they paint the entire NBA with a broad stroke and say, see, I told you it was scripted. No, Ed Malloy, excuse me, Josh Goble made a bad call. That's I, I don't believe it was anything more than that. He made a bad call. I love the fact that Ed Malloy, who was the crew chief at the time, admitted that it was a bad call. That's all. There's nothing else that you can be what? said or done. Hey, hey, um, I was watching yeah. all the pregame shows before the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. And one of the, uh, you know, the, the retired official, I forget his name, but he was talking about how he's so excited about the officiating crew that was officiating the Super Bowl because he said he's going to expect them to hold their flags. There's going to be less flags, meaning that he was going to allow guys to play through certain things because he wanted whoever, the determined factor, they wanted it to be determined by the players on the field and not by a flag or a call. And I thought that was a beautiful thing to hear. But I I will say this. I don't believe timing of the game, the importance of the game should dictate whether a foul or a flag is thrown. When they threw that foul on McDuffie, it was a foul in the game. He held, he held Jennings. Okay, you thought, remember last year, mm-hmm. everybody said on Bradbury, when he tugged Juju, man, you can't throw a flag in that situation. There's too much at stake. It's a foul. It was a flag. It was a penalty. He impeded his progress. Even in an NBA game, when you hear this a lot, man, with the importance of the ball game, at the timing of the ball game, you just got to swallow your whistle. No, that's not what Dr. James Naismith said. You can't. Say, he didn't say, well, if the guy's shack size and the other guy's Muggsy Bowles, you can't call a foul on Muggsy Bowles if he jumps on Shaq's back because of the size difference. You, he didn't say, well, at this air, at this uh, timing of the game or the importance of the game, you swallow your whistle. But in this situation, you cannot call that because there was nothing there. He missed it. I don't want to make any more out of it. I probably made a long, a, a short story too long. But there's nothing more, and there's nothing to Knicks. And I understand that Thibodeau is upset, and Jalen Brunson said, I'm not going to give the NBA none of my money. You get no free money from me. You made a horrible call, and then you're going to take twenty five or 50000 for me criticizing the call. I'm just going to say next question. It was a bad call, but Ed Malloy said, you know what, we missed it. Wendy, before we go, what should the league do? They should put out a last two-minute report and try to train the officials better and move on. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Knicks are uh, fourth in the East right now, and they were on quite the hot streak, so that's a bummer. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus, receive premium travel benefits, like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X Card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine. Especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. 
If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Simone Biles is back and she just keeps on winning. After withdrawing from competition at the Tokyo Olympics two years ago to focus on her mental health, Biles earned an eighth national title, breaking a record which had stood since 1933. Biles is now the winningest gymnast ever. She won her first all-around world championship title at 16, the first black gymnast to do so. Three years later, in Rio, Biles won four gold medals, setting another record for American female gymnasts at a single event. In total, Biles has racked up 37 Olympic and World Championship medals. Not bad for an athlete who wasn't sure if she would ever compete professionally again. But she's not done. Biles hopes to compete in the 2024 Summer Olympics and continue her golden reign. Excuse me. Frog in my throat, Jeff. Were you, were you, were you, ready, to, were, were you oh, ready to help out or are you just going to be choked? All right. Here's the answer. Dominique Dawes won gold for the women's team all around at the 96 Olympic Games. Dawes was a pioneer winning four total medals in her career and paving the way for future stars like Gabby Douglas and Simone Biles. All right, Mr. Relvin, Brock Purdy on the verge of making history, going from the last pick in the draft to Super Bowl champion, but three points in OT was the difference, and instead Purdy was forced to watch the confetti fall for those Kansas City Chiefs. Kyle Shanahan had this to say about his QB. What did he say, Stephen A? We had the team to win the Super Bowl. You had a 10-point lead, 3-12 on third down, 25%. And I told you, Dio. Oh, he's going to silence all the critics. Oh, all this goes away. I said, Dio, if he doesn't win this game, you will still have more questions about Brock Purdy. When you got that roster, you got to close the deal. I still have questions. And I'm sorry if you don't, that he's answered all your questions. He's checked all the boxes, but he hasn't. All right. Slop by Shannon Sharp right there. So oh. we'll just we'll just take oh. that all in. Oh my Let's just word. take it in. Let's a take lot. a breath. A lot let's is pause. An understatement. Let's marinate on it and let's dive into it and break it down. Jeff, did Purdy do enough in that Super Bowl to silence the doubters? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is I mean, 
Bob, me, Shannon went, she act like this dude walked out there and got boat raced by the Kansas City Chiefs. Like he, that the quarterback himself didn't do enough. By the way, the man walked off the field with a three-point lead in overtime, right? So all the things, he can't stop, he can't stop the, the, the muff punt or the, the punt hitting the guy. He can't stop McCaffrey fumbling. He can't stop an unblocked lineman coming free. He can't, I mean, he can't block, I mean, it, it, it baffles me that you act like what Purdy did wasn't good enough to win this game because we keep talking about how Patrick Mahomes is in a different level all by himself. And I, it, that's a hundred percent true. But to pretend like Brock Purdy didn't do his part for this team to be in the realm of winning this game and potentially should have won this game. And when you talk about the 10 point lead and talk about what was it, they should have run the ball more. They should have given it to C-Mac more, right? And not because the not because of Purdy, but because the strength of the, the Kansas City Chiefs is what you played into the teeth of. And that's silliness. And you and I both know after the after Mahomes pick, they should have run the ball. They throw it eight of nine times when Kansas City is playing and making it very difficult, exotic packages, all those kinds of things. But not only did his numbers look fine, did he do, but he made an extended play, Shannon, and made tight window throws and made the plays that you're so here's what you said. You said there's still doubt because he didn't do enough. So Lamar Jackson is the MVP of our league. And he played this same defense. And I think he's probably had 20 more yards, maybe 20 more yards than Purdy. Had an interception, he throws in triple coverage, and has a strip sack to give it up. So if, if we're saying that, that, that Lamar Jackson was good enough or had a chance to go win that game against the Chiefs or, or had the best team to go win it, how do we say anything different about Purdy? He is good enough for them to win the Super Bowl. He walked off with a lead in overtime, man. Like, he can't play both sides of the ball. So what 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 is what does he have to do besides getting his team in his first what average eight games nine games whatever he played his last year to the NFC Championship game getting hurt and then the next year leading his team back to the Super Bowl and getting beat in base almost double overtime against the great what we're talking about is a dynasty right now it's just dude that's silliness like this dude did plenty to silence the critics the problem that we're having Saturday is that we're grading him on a curve. Because he was drafted, listen to me, as he was drafted. If he, let me ask you a question. Did he have as good a game in the Super Bowl as Jalen Hurts did the year before? Yes or no? No. And we still have questions about Jalen Hurts. Okay, but here's the thing. Hold on a second, hold on a second. Jalen Hurts had a better because he ran for three touches, and two of those runs are three yard runs. But it's it's what you're asking him to do. Did he put his? He didn't fumble it like so. If you want to go that way, Hurts hurt his team as well with the fumble. So he did not hurt his team at all. He gave his team nothing but advantage to win, and that's oh. what we talked about. He needed to do to do that. But I still would say that, that I don't have I don't have questions about Hurts. I think he's a good enough quarterback to go win the Super Bowl. The same way I would say Purdy is as well. There's no questions. That's not a question. This dude this I, dude is played plenty plenty well. I just believe that had, if Brock Purdy was not Mister Irrelevant. 
we would have questions. But because we would, because he's a seventh round draft pick, you you say, well, Shannon, look how far he's come. He's Mr. Irrelevant. He's guiding a team. That team was more talented on both sides of the football than Kansas City. Would you agree, Saturday? Yes no. or no? No. No, I, I, I think Kansas City's defense is clearly better than San Francisco's defense. So, no, I would not say that. And I think the way they played, the way we gave San Francisco all the flowers early, they gave up massive points in the playoffs. Like, they, they had to come back against the against the, the Green Bay Packers Green Bay and against Detroit. Lions, uh, yes. So, no, I, do, I, I don't. I, do, I think Kansas City's defense was as good as there is in the NFL. They, they never gave up more than, like, 27 points or 28 points. It's next level. But listen, how about Mahomes, how about I mean, I mean, let's put it this way. Lamar Jackson's defense was number one in the three greatest categories in defense, and they still lost. But I didn't just say it was because of one. Purdy has still given them and taken them to a championship and a Super Bowl in, in two opportunities. So let me ask you this. Yes. Lamar Jackson is a two-time league MVP. Yeah. Do you believe I don't think he should have got the MVP oh, this year. Oh, okay, okay, but, I, but that's but not that's that's beside the point. He did get okay. it though. Right. Do you believe people still have questions about Lamar Jackson? Yes, I, I, but I'm not one who has questions about him. I think he's fully capable of winning a Super Bowl. I, I, so I don't have that question. And let I would redir- let me redirect. Maybe 49ers defense didn't play better than Kansas City, but personnel-wise, would you say 49ers personnel with Bosa, Armstead? No, their defensive line is. But listen, I think Kansas City's defensive backfield was significantly better than San Francisco's. You and I watched them go attack Logan Ryan. I mean, like, no, I don't. I think Kansas City can freaking fly around. Are they as capable up front as what San Francisco is? No. When you when you have Chase Young and Bosa and Armstead and Harvey, I get that. But when you what lose about Greenlaw, Greenlaw? What about the, what about you? Hold on, hold on. But yeah. he's personnel. He was on the 49ers. Fred he Warner. Got, he, he got hurt and misses the majority of the game, and it completely changed the game. Okay, I, I, I'm not disagreeing, but we've seen big-time quarterbacks make big-time throws and big-time moments, and you sure. and I was talking about it leading up to it. I said there's going to come a time in, in this game that he – and he made some good throws uh, uh, Saturday. Yeah. I'm not saying that he didn't make good throws, but – Jimmy Garoppolo got this team to a Super Bowl, and you still had questions about him. No, I'm no, just no, no. But, but hold on, hold on. Let's say this about Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo got them to the Super Bowl when the, he threw six passes in one of their games. He accounted for like 30% of their offense, right? <laughs> like 30%. Yeah. Brock Purdy accounted for 76% of their offense to carry them to the Super Bowl. It, so, so don't compare. Like everybody's giving me this whole Jimmy Garoppolo nonsense. It was two totally different teams. Totally Did different he? what you ask of Purdy and what you asked of Garoppolo. Purdy but is Purdy, a better quarterback. Purdy. Purdy is so much better, he only scored two points more than Jimmy G. And Jimmy G had a 2010 lead in the fourth quarter, and he missed the throw to Emmanuel Sanders. And, just this, like defense, your- and this defense was better. This Kansas City defense is better this year than they were four years ago when they played them. You and I both know that. They were on that Patrick Mahomes got to carry him offensively. That was the way they were going to do. 
That was the way. Listen, Purdy didn't do anything to hurt this team. He did everything to help this team. And at the you, end of the day, you you so you would tell me. So let me ask you this: When you yes. think about the way he played, what do you think he could have done differently to take out the doubts for you? He would have. Had- well, win the game would definitely help. But I just thought there's some throws, and you know sometimes in a game of this magnitude, you've seen guys have to stare down the barrel and make throws with Chris Jones staring you down. And we criticize Josh Allen for that very thing. You've got to step, and you've got to make that throw when the guy's wide open in the end zone. You've got to make one of those throws. I'm not saying you got to make all three of them that he had, but you've got to make one. And you say when he left the field, he had a three-point lead. Yeah. Nah, you, got, you know who on the other side? That's just like Tom Brady. If you go down and kick a field goal and you give Brady the ball, what was he going to do Saturday? Go but get he, seven. But he doesn't have – he can't say I'm going for it on the fourth down. You think he wanted to come off with a three? I guarantee they wanted to go for it. But he doesn't have that option, and he doesn't have enough. He doesn't have enough games under his belt. The same way you may trust a Patrick Mahomes because he it is brand new, or he is in his early part of his career. So maybe maybe Shanahan. Did what, I don't love what Shanahan did, but I will say this: I don't think that per. I think that when you talk about Purdy and you're talking about Josh Allen, I'm good with that. If you're like, hey. I expect him to make the same throw as Josh Allen. Great. Yes. I expect him to make the same throw as a Lamar Jackson. Great. Jalen Hurts. Then let's make sure we're keeping him in that same conversation with those dudes because he is making those same throws and getting his team to those games to go make them. So that's my point. As long as we're keeping them all the same and saying, hey, they all got to be a little bit better, I'm good with that. But saying he leaves doubt, there's no way he leaves doubt that he can't but, do this again. But, but here's the thing. People have doubt about Allen. People have doubt about uh, 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 about uh, who we just talk- Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts threw for like 300 and had a monster game monster. and scored 35 points. Yeah. He did that. Yes. And, so, I, I, and people still left that game. And, and people last year had doubts. Well, I don't know. The year before, when he finished second in the MVP, that might be an anomaly. That might be a one-off situation. They have doubts, and he got him to the Super Bowl, and he played phenomenal. Yes, he turned the ball over. But even with a turnover, Patrick Mahomes had a turnover. But we still gave him credit, and they won the game because it was a different situation. But yeah. he played phenomenal. Jalen Hurts played unbelievable. Had people talking about, well, maybe Jalen Hurts should have won the MVP in a losing effort, kind of like Chuck Howley. No, I don't think that's going to happen, even right. though Patrick Mahomes barely had 200 yards, but right. he had three touchdowns and the come-from-behind victory. I just, look, I got he has another year. I don't know what they're going to do with the contract situation. I would go ahead and, and give him a four-year deal, $45 million. I think he's earned that. But I need I need to see some I need to see some more. I'm sorry, Saturday. I got to see more. I got to see yeah, more. I, I need to get more into the movie. I, it's a three hour movie, I'm, and you let me watch two and a half hours of it. I got to get all the way to the end. Could you, you really you sit not, through a three hour movie, Shannon? No chance. No, not anymore. Not anymore. I can say this. You and I both know this, bro. Segments. This dude is taking his team to the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. You ain't moving on. You ain't got no doubts if you're in that locker room. That dude can get you back there. You and I both know that. That's fair. Yeah. Come on. Come Shannon, on. that's fair. Could you say that's fair? Oh, and the guys in the locker room, they absolutely believe. They absolutely yeah. believe in him, yes. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Hey, I'm Molly Caram, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is always a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day, whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by categories like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day's May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today that's macy's.com slash gift finder thanks so much for listening to the pod and have a fabulous day hey i'm molly Caram, and thanks so much for listening to the first take podcast passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, let's get into the association now. The T-Wolves used a dominant second half to demolish the Clippers 121-100 in a battle of two of the top teams in the West. The Timberwolves turned an intense first half into a rout by outscoring the Clippers 40-19 in the third, cooking on offense, stifling defense. Now staying in the Midwest, the Bucks' steady progress on defense shined in their rout of the Nuggets after initially struggling under Coach Doc Rivers. The Bucks put together one of their most complete wins of the season, a 112-95 victory over the Nuggets for a second straight win. All right. Shannon, you're up yes. first. Hi, guys. Burke and Wendy are back. Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. No snow day for you two. I think you guys are in L.A. Uh, Perk. No, I'll start with you, Shannon. My bad. Uh, bigger statement, Minnesota or Milwaukee? Minnesota. They went to, they went to the Clippers building and beat the team that had gone 27-6 and six over the last 33 games and did a demolition job on them. 
be the two top teams in the Western Conference, and they went to your house and they beat you down. Uh, I don't really know what else to say. And Anthony Edwards had, didn't have a great night. He was, one, I think, it was one for 11 from the three-point line. But like you said, that dominant third quarter four, outscored them 40 to 19, and they did a job. The Clippers had looked. I mean, if you hadn't watched the Clippers over the last 33 games, you said that team's coming out of the West. Because that's how well they had played. Kawhi Leonard had played himself into the MVP discussion. Nikola Jokic, uh, Shea Gilgis, and then you have to put Kawhi or Giannis in that 3-4 spot. That's how well they had been playing. They had been playing. James Harden had ingratiated himself in the offense, doing a great job of distributing the basketball. And when they needed him to score, he could score. And we know Paul George, those guys were playing great. But what the Timberwolves did by going into the crib and beating them down, that was a much bigger win than the Nuggets losing on the road in Milwaukee. The Timberwolves, whoo, they're showing you something, Perk. Let me, let me tell you why you're wrong. Uh, let me tell you why you're wrong. You said okay. that their record was 27-6, and six, the Clippers, okay? One of those six losses came against the Timberwolves about three weeks ago. When it comes down to the Minnesota Timberwolves, they have beaten every top team in the NBA. They handed the Nuggets, their, the Nuggets their first loss. They handed the Celtics their first loss. They beat the Clippers twice. They beat. They have beaten the Bucks. They have beaten every single contending team in the league. So it wasn't surprising. And I believe that the Clippers right now, the last six games that they played, I mean, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the last six games that they played against the Clippers, they won five out of six, if I'm not mistaken. But when it comes down to the Bucks, I said this on NBA Countdown last night, and Molly, they called me everything but a child of God oh. when I said this. I said the Bucks were in a must-win situation because they had been battling the flu all season long, but they kept going to Walgreens and CVS trying to get that over-the-counter medicine. All of a sudden, <laughs> they got their antibiotics last night. And when you think about the Milwaukee Bucks, when you're labeled as a contender, you're, the defending champs are coming into your house and you need that signature win, damn it, they proved that last night. And that duo of, of Brooke Lopez and Giannis Antetokounmpo anchoring that defense against Jokic last night without Chris Middleton was a beautiful thing to uh, watch. And it was a statement win, and it was a must win, and they got it done. Under Doc Rivers. A must win before – A must – hey, hey, Wendy – a must win before the All Star game. Damn. Okay, go ahead, Wendy. Take off. Okay. You didn't say you, you you didn't say you didn't say that when AD said it. Hey, say you didn't say that when AD said it when they said they needed a must win against Oklahoma City after the end season tournament. Bro, the, the Lakers the Lakers had won four games at that point. Of course, it was. <laughs> no, uh, come on, Perk. You know with, uh, with Shannon. With Shannon, every Laker game is a must-win game. They're playing the Pistons tonight. Must-win game for Unc. Okay. Uh, the answer to Molly's question is that it was a bigger win for the Bucks. But I want to just say something real quick about the Timberwolves. Size, size, size. This is a big, bad, strong defensive team, and their size gives teams problems. They're 3-0 and against the Nuggets and Clippers this year. The Clippers, as awesome as they are, have issues with really big teams. It's their big challenge against the Nuggets eventually. They just lost last week to the, Clip, to the, uh, the Cavs because they play with so much size, and they defend. Defense travels. They're the best road team, in my opinion, in the NBA. Their record shows that. But the Bucks. Before the last two games, had lost uh, 
five of the first six games that Doc Rivers coached, their defense wasn't showing much improvement. They are able to get back-to-back games where they give up less than 100 points. That's the first time that's happened for them in three years. So for the Bucks to get that win, even though it's at home, even though it's in February, to get a couple of good defensive performances in a row, that was huge for them. Oh, Perk, I just want you to know, just because I wasn't in the basketball segments, I was watching what you said. You say the Clippers are the team to beat in the West. You call Kawhi Leonard. You say Kawhi Michael Jordan Leonard. Ooh, he the MVP. And, hey, hear me out. I want y'all to hear me out now. You know, oh, Big Perk, you know Big Perk the Swam. You know I know all things. And now all of a sudden, they go out there and they beat the brakes off them, and now you want to poo-poo the Minnesota Timberwolves win. No, no, I'm not poo-pooing. I'm saying I, I didn't seen this story before, but am I picking the Minnesota Timberwolves to beat the Clippers in the seven-game series? I'm not. Not saying that it wouldn't go six or seven games. It would be a great series. But what I'm telling you, Unc, is, is that the Bucks needed medicine, man. Right, They've right, been right, sick right. all season yeah, long, yeah. dealing just with like, everything. That's like all Stephen I'm saying. Just like needed a little medicine. Hey, guys, I hate to cut you off. Oh, <laughs> uh, baby tie. Hit... <laughs> <I> gotta... <laughs> no, he's sick for real. He's, he actually is sick. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.